0: Good morning, it is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, 1450 on the AM dial, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and of course streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And the program is presented by Northeast Delta Dental, Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. Hope everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. The weather was uh, outstanding for the uh, the state fairs in Lancaster and Hopkinton. And uh, now everybody's uh, back to the grind. And uh, as are we. And the first Tuesday of every month means that we check in with the New Hampshire Insurance Department, and joining us this morning is Deputy Commissioner of that department, D.J. Betancourt. D.J., how are you this morning? I am great, my friend. How are you? I am. Uh, I am doing uh, doing great. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend with your terrific family.
1: I certainly did. I certainly did. The weather was beautiful, absolutely
0: beautiful. Well, it was. It was for any uh, outdoor activity. Uh, for sure. And today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, paid family and uh, medical leave insurance. And and DJ, why uh, and uh, what? First of all, what is uh, paid family and uh, medical leave insurance? And why is it important for businesses and their employees? Well, I appreciate the
1: question, Ken. So the paid family medical leave program here in New Hampshire is a unique approach. It is a statewide private market voluntary paid family medical leave product that does not currently exist in quite this way in any other state, and we are proud of the fact that it is the first voluntary coverage of its kind in the nation. Uh, The plan provides 60% wage replacement for up to six weeks per year. and can be used for a variety of events with no minimum duration. Uh, Those events, events include care of a newborn child, caring for a spouse, child, or parent with a serious medical health condition, issues arising from a family member's military deployment or serious health condition of the individual. Now, to your question as to why it's important for businesses and their employees, you know, in the first instance, obviously, it provides peace of mind to the individual that they have this coverage that should a family member get sick, should a a spouse, um, you know, be deployed uh, on a military assignment, that obviously puts more a responsibility and burden on them to be at home uh, that they're going to have some financial protection so that they don't have to leave the workplace or take a period of of leave without without pay at their current job for businesses it really comes down to workforce as we know in new hampshire our workforce is really really tight and businesses are competing not only with each other but we're competing with other states as well and one of the things beyond flexibility That workers are looking for is is paid leave. It is one of the top benefits that they cite that will improve their well-being. Uh, According to 81% of employees, having access to paid family medical leave is more likely for them to stay at their current job. So that not only attracts workers, but it also helps those businesses to retain workers. Uh, So it's a great tool for the business community beyond, of course, those important benefits to the employees themselves.
0: Oh, no question about that. And you you mentioned that New Hampshire does it differently than uh, all other states. How so? Well,
1: most of the states have made their paid family medical leave programs mandatory and have had to do it by imposing a new tax or expanding their government bureaucracy uh, because they have their states administering the program. Uh, We felt that the New Hampshire way was to have it be voluntary and have it run by experts and find innovative ways to do this that doesn't grow government, and doesn't require there to be new taxes to do it. Uh, So with this program, New Hampshire has once again shown how innovative approaches to policy issues can provide viable solutions, and and we're proud of that.
0: So do you suggest that employers sponsor paid family medical leave, and what should employees do if not uh, provided by their employer? Is this uh, an expensive product?
1: So to your first question, would we encourage businesses to to consider paid family medical leave this program? Absolutely. And this comes at a very opportune time because we know that businesses in New Hampshire around this time of year start to consider what their benefit designs, what their benefit offerings for twenty twenty four are going to look like at this time. You know, that's the decision that they they don't rush into. Uh, quickly, they take some period of time to think about that. So this is an important time for them to think about joining this program. Um, Again, it comes comes down to workforce and and positioning those businesses as best as possible to attract and retain workers. But if a business is currently offering a paid family leave benefit, if they're self-funding that benefit, it makes a lot of sense to join the state program because for the premiums that they contribute to their employees to get this coverage, so the amount of money that that business is paying for their employees to have this benefit, under our program, they are entitled to a 50% tax credit on their business tax liability uh, if they join the program. So there's a financial incentive for them to join the program, as I said, especially if they're self-funding, but if they want to offer the program that's an opportunity again for them to ease their burden on their business tax liability, as I said, in a way that makes them a better position to attract and retain workers.
0: Now, what if the then, mis- go ahead, DJ? Oh, I'm sorry, Ken. Yep,
1: no, ahead. I was just going to I was just going to answer your second question, which is about affordability. So, the thing for people to know is that if they are in the individual pool, so if their employer does not offer this coverage, they can access the individual pool, and that could be done through an open enrollment period, which for, for this year, it will run from December 1st until January 29th of 2024. So again, that's December 1st of 2023 through January 29th of 2024. So individuals can go into the open enrollment period, and they should know that their premium is going to be capped at $5 per pay period. So that makes that coverage very, very affordable for them. In terms of the business, obviously, there are a number of different scenarios based off of underwriting factors for that business. But the range is approximately $18 to $69 per month per employee, with the weighted average being $34 per month. And we think that that's a pretty reasonable estimate of what the business community is looking like. And we find that to be quite affordable in and of itself. However, when compared to the cost of the other benefits that the employers are providing their employees, it is very inexpensive.
0: So, again, just, just repeat for those who uh, couldn't jot it down. What if the the, uh, the business does not uh, provide the uh, family and medical leave insurance? How, how do you get it through the state?
1: Sure. Well, As I said, there is an individual pool, because while this program is voluntary, it is universally accessible. So if you're an an employee out there and your business chooses not to uh, enter the program, or if you're a sole proprietor, you're an independent contractor and you want this coverage, you can still get this coverage. Uh, You can go to uh, the state's paid family, the Granite State Paid Family Medical Leave website, Uh, That will provide you all of the information that you need to know so that you can enter the open enrollment period for this coverage. The state has partnered with MetLife to administer this program. That gets back to my comment that we really wanted experts to be running this, and so the state put out a contract that was competitively bid on by insurers, and MetLife ultimately um, earned the contract, and so they administer the program. So people will get their individual paid family medical leave benefits through MetLife during that open enrollment period.
0: Very good. And, uh, DJ, hang with us. If you have questions regarding your insurance coverage, the New Hampshire Insurance Department's Consumer Services Division is here to help. And uh, you can contact them by emailing consumerservices at ins.nh.gov or calling 800 852 3416 and you can learn more at nh.gov/insurance. So, if people have questions on, on this particular uh, issue, uh, DJ Granite State Paid Family Leave is the uh, is the place to go. Correct? That is correct. Yeah. So, uh, how how does it work if a uh, an employer, uh, you know, takes out a, I should say an employee uh, takes out a policy uh, with the state? How does that jive with the uh, the place of business that they're they're working for?
1: Well, if they work for a business of fifty employees or more, they're going to have job protections, and that mirrors the federal uh, paid leave uh, policy, if you will. If they are working for an employer who has less than fifty employees, they're going to have to work with their employer about what their reentry into their job is going to look like after their leave. And as I said, I think that given the workforce challenges that we have, those employers are going to be as reasonable as possible to hang on to good employees um, as they work through some of those difficult circumstances that sometimes lead to people needing to take this kind of leave.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You would think so in the, in the job market the, the way it is uh, today. But this is a uh... A great perk to have. How long have we had it uh, here in the state of New Hampshire?
1: So the program has been in place for a little less than a year, and we're very, very proud of the results so far. And sounds like we're heading to break, but we could talk about that when we get back.
0: All right, very good. D.J. Betancourt is with us, and D.J. is the Deputy Insurance Commissioner for the state of New Hampshire and, of course, the first Tuesday of every month. We talk about insurance. Very important. I'm learning a lot. It's a learning experience for me, DJ. It, it truly is. and uh, I we want something new every day. That, that, there you go. There you go. We'll take a quick break. It's Kale & Company Live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, first Tuesday of the month. So we're talking insurance in this segment of the program with Deputy Insurance Commissioner D.J. Betancourt, and we're talking today about paid family and medical leave insurance, and we found out that it provides participating New Hampshire workers with 60% of their average weekly wage, up to the uh, Social Security wage cap for up to six weeks per year for specified leaves of absence from the workplace. The program is uh, still uh, in its uh, fledgling state, first year, and uh, how has it been going, DJ?
1: Well, I've been very pleased with the results so far. So here are some of the numbers as of July 31st, which is the last full month that we have numbers for there are 13,000 employees that are covered, and that represents almost 200 individual businesses. We have 8,500 state employees that have coverage, and we have 565 individuals that are covered. And as I said, while that premium is capped at $5 per pay period, the average premium is actually under that. It is $4.79, which obviously makes it very affordable. So despite the fact that the program has been in effect for less than a year, we have over 22,000 Granite Staters who now have access to this coverage that would not have that access if this program were not in place. And one other thing that I should mention is if you're a, a business owner who is considering joining this program and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, six weeks at 60%, you know, I may need to be a little bit more generous than that, particularly if you're, let's say, on the border with Massachusetts, uh, and you're really fighting to retain and attract workers from, from Massachusetts. The thing that you should know is you can work with MetLife to customize that benefit and make it a little bit more generous. So if you want to say, well, how about we do 80% wage replacement for six weeks, or they can even choose to go 100 Percent wage replacement for say 12 weeks. So there's a lot of flexibility to uh, customize that coverage to meet the individual needs of that business.
0: Well, it certainly seems so. And I guess uh, maybe in some places uh, you, you get uh, full salary for those six weeks, uh, you know, depending on, uh, you know, what, uh, what business you might be in.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And as I said, for a lot of those businesses who are currently self funding a paid family leave benefit, it makes all the sense in the world to join the state program because you're going to get some help with your business tax liability because, as I mentioned before, for the amount that you pay for your employee's premium, you get 50% of that total back as a tax credit on your business tax liability.
0: Wow, well, that, that works well both ways then, uh, No no doubt about that and uh, now approaching uh, year number two, and we'll give you the uh, the enrollment dates uh, again as you did uh, earlier in the program, but uh, anything changing in, in 2024? Any tweaks to the program?
1: No, so the program has been running smoothly so far. We're seeing that MetLife is having very few issues in terms of their customer service. They are smoothly processing claims. Uh, should somebody have an issue with their policy or their claim, they can, of course, always call us and we'll get it straightened out with with MetLife. But I've been pleased with the enrollment, particularly for the business pool, because when the program came online last year, it was mid-December. And as I mentioned before, businesses make their decisions on benefit offerings well before the start of a new year. Mm -hmm. And so, despite the fact that the program came online, after a lot of those businesses had made their decisions um, for benefits in 2023, we still were able to get almost 200 individual businesses into the program. And while the individual pool has an open enrollment period, which I referenced earlier, businesses can join the program at any time. And so we're excited about the fact that we're going to be able to rekindle a lot of conversations that we had with employers last year who had said, well, look, I've already made my decisions for benefit offerings for this year, but come talk to me uh, later in the fall, and we'll, we'll have a serious conversation about potentially adding this benefit for 2024. So we're really excited. We're ready to go. Uh, we're learning new things every day in terms of what the businesses are looking for, in terms of what the individuals are looking for. There have, of course, been some small issues that we've worked through, but but nothing major. And um, we're looking forward to what the future brings to this program.
0: What, what is the reason for, for most of the, uh, the family leave, the medical leave or, or family leave?
1: The biggest reason is for the birth of a child mm-hmm. or for bonding with that child. You know, that's obviously uh, something that we want to encourage. Uh, but for a lot of employee, you know, employees and individuals, particularly those young mothers, um, they've, not have, they've not had access to this type of coverage. They've had to kind of patchwork it through their sick leave and through their vacation time and, and other leave that they might have. But eventually, when that runs out, they're looking at the prospect of having to take leave without pay. And the federal law, of course, protects their job, but it doesn't offer them any of that financial support. And that's where this program steps in and fills a gap.
0: Now, many times uh, these days, DJ, uh, dads are taking leave uh, as well. Does it work the same way? It does.
1: It does. One of the qualifying conditions is uh, bonding with a child, which obviously is a great benefit to dads uh, who want to ensure that that special time is, is remembered and done right. And again, they can do that without um, the stress of, of devastating financial consequences. I mean, 60% is not the same as 100%, of course, uh, but it does at least provide um, a good deal of support and, and some peace of mind there. So, um, like I said, we're excited about it.
0: Yeah, no, no question. I mean, it is a, is a great program. Now, if you're an independent uh, contractor, uh, do you go uh, directly to, to MetLife to get this? Yes, you okay. would
1: go, go directly to MetLife during that individual Enrollment period, which again is December—excuse, yes, December first of 2023 to January 29th of 2024—and you can enroll in an individual policy.
0: So you go directly to uh, to MetLife uh, for that. Is there ever any uh, investigation? Let's say you know somebody uh, you know has a a, a parent or a an, a sick uh, relative of some kind and. You know, is there any investigation if this person takes like six weeks uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people are can be a little fraudulent from time to time? Uh, is there ever any investigation into the, the reason for taking the leave?
1: Well, fortunately, we haven't heard of any abuse of the program yet. Uh, but again, one of the reasons why we wanted to work with an expert in administering this program is because they have the kinds of safeguards in place to ensure that that kind of fraud or abuse does not take place. I mean, MetLife has been in this business for a very, very long time. Uh, They have the infrastructure in place. They have, as I said, those quality controls that are in place to make sure that these claims are not only properly processed, but to ensure that the claims are appropriate and, um, uh, and are above board.
0: Yeah, very good. And, you know, most people are are not going to take advantage of this uh, uh, in that kind of a way, but, uh, you know, there are always some that do, and, uh, you know, just just wondering uh, where that goes. Anything planned uh, in in addition to the uh, continuation of this terrific program? Uh, DJ, anything uh, new going on at the insurance department?
1: Things here are good. Things here are good. We're ramping up for not only the promotion of the paid family leave program, but obviously we will have open enrollment uh, for the individual market for health care that will be coming up later on this fall. We're following the uh, premium trends very carefully, watching to see what the carriers file for rates. Uh, We're optimistic that we will once again retain our titles, having the lowest benchmark premiums in New England, but we'll continue to monitor that very very carefully and then of course we'll continue to do the work that we do to be a resource to consumers regardless of what their insurance issue is
0: how are you able to continue doing that having the the lowest benchmark uh, premiums in new england
1: well we don't we don't overregulate we use common sense we work collaboratively with our carriers and so they know that they have a good partner here in new hampshire with the new hampshire insurance department we hold them accountable of course we don't always agree uh but we work those things out we take a common sense approach
0: well that that's what we all try to do i think here in new hampshire is take that good common sense approach and that's what makes it a great place to live and and to be insured in as well amen brother D.J. Betancourt, Deputy Insurance Commissioner, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it as always. Always a pleasure, my friend. Have a great week. You as well. And again, if you have uh, any questions regarding your insurance coverage, the New Hampshire Insurance Department's Consumer Services Division is here to help. You can contact them by emailing consumerservices at ins.nh.gov. Or calling 800-852-3416. And you can learn more at nh.gov insurance. Thanks to DJ Betancourt for being with us this morning on Kale and & Company. And coming up, our first installment of the season with the head coach of football at the University of New Hampshire, Rick Santos, right after these words. Kale & Company continues on WKXL. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And uh, it is great uh, to welcome back to the WKXL Airwaves, the head football coach at the University of New Hampshire, Rick Santos. Rick, uh, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. How we doing, Ken? Really appreciate you having me back on. Oh well, it is uh, certainly our pleasure. And the Wildcats uh, open their 2023 season on Saturday in Massachusetts with a, a 51-17 victory over Stonehill. Uh, your thoughts on that one, Rick?
2: Yeah, I was just happy with the the way we started the game fast. I think all three phases contributed offensively, defensively, and on special teams. You know, we had a, we had a punt early where they stopped us. Uh, then it was a booming punt by Sean LaHane that they muffed it. We hopped on it, had a short field zone in the red zone. We capitalized. Ultimately ended up scoring, I think, seven out of our first eight drives, six of those being touchdowns. You know, we had a punt return touchdown by Dylan Lobby. You know, he actually scored three different ways in the first quarter, which is pretty remarkable. I don't know if I've ever heard that being done. You know, he ran a touchdown in, caught a touchdown, and then had a punt return. Um, the defense was was vicious all night. I thought they flew around, tackled well. We created a turnover, um, you know, and I think it's anytime it's it's the opener. Uh, you just never know kind of if your guys are going to be ready. We felt like we prepared all camp, and that it was very competitive, and, and it was certainly you know one that was. But at the end of the day, you got to go out and execute, and I was really happy with our performance.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And you mentioned uh, Dylan Lobby, who had a uh, great season last year. Uh, he was back to his old tricks. Uh, he had that trifecta, as you mentioned, uh, in the first quarter, scoring touchdowns three different ways, and uh, quite a performance out of the gate for, for Dylan, uh, no doubt about that. And you got uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, your receiving core into action uh, on Saturday. Eleven players uh, caught passes, none more than three. Very good uh, distribution on, on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I think it, it starts with the protection up front. Those guys did a really good job getting Max uh, a lot of time back there. He was comfortable in the pocket. Max saw the field extremely well, um, and it's a team that played some odd fronts, so they were going to drop a lot of guys in coverage. So he found a way to kind of get it spread all over. And then i got to give the receiving core a ton of credit. Like you mentioned, you know, I think that's a position where they probably would like more catches, but we're so deep right now, and we we spread the wealth around like we did in the opener. And those guys kind of didn't complain about their numbers being down. They, they blocked their tails off. They played hard. You know, five different guys having touchdowns, which was pretty neat. Three of the guys who were newcomers to our roster weren't, weren't, didn't play with us last fall. So that's even more exciting just about some of the young talent that we have. So, yeah, good, great overall performance on offense as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely so. And uh, good balance and uh, a, a, a great receiving core and uh, lots of depth. So that's uh, very important as the season moves on.
2: Yeah, it certainly is, and I and I think um, you know we have guys like that played meaningful snaps last year. Joey Corcoran being our our main guy last year in terms of production, Uh, he's back. You know, he's he's going to be a a really good player for us. And then transfer from Wesleyan, Logan Tomlinson had a uh, had a touchdown, which is great. DJ Lincoln started the season strong, had had three catches over the middle. You know, contested ones. Um, You know, one of them was an errant pass that he caught off his of his back shoulder, which was huge, and then you know getting younger guys like Caleb Burke going, which will be huge for us Colby Ramshaw is a is a redshirt freshman tight end from New Hampshire who I think has a huge upside he got a touchdown and you know guys like Kyle Opkalski have been staples for us at the tight end position last of the year so some some old faces who we expected to be productive and then some new guys stepping up which is huge
0: Now, despite the victory on Saturday coach and, and a, a very good one I am sure as a coach, there there are some things uh, you, you still uh, want to uh, you know impart to to the players some areas of the game that uh, might not have lived up to your expectations. What are you stressing uh, this week at practice?
2: Yeah, certainly. I, I think we let our emotions get the get the best of us a little bit. Uh, we weren't as disciplined as I would like us to be. You know, we had 15 penalties for 121 yards. And I think as we get going here and. Playing in conference and certainly against an FBS opponent this week, if you have that many penalties, it's, you're not going to have a great opportunity to win the game. So we got to clean that up um, on defense. We need we didn't finish the half the right way. Like, like the last six minutes we let them score on a couple drives, which we need to do a better job there. Um, and then on offense, we, we had a couple of drops. Um, we got to clean those things up as well. So, so the, you're exactly right, Ken. It's like it's never as good as you think, never as bad as you think, and there's always certain things that, that we got to continue to harp.
0: Yeah, absolutely so. We, we've learned that over the years from Coach Belichick. You know, it's never perfect. It. No, absolutely.
2: <laughs> Far from it. <laughs>
0: no, no matter if you win the Super Bowl or not, it's never perfect. Uh, but now I wonder, what, what time of the day do you normally practice, Rick?
2: Uh, we practice in the afternoon. Uh, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have meetings from approximately 2 to about 3.30, and then we're on the field about 3.45 or 4 uh, to about 6.00.
0: Now you know we we just heard the weather forecast uh, before uh, we we started this chat, and you know there's going to be a heat advisory in in effect. Does that impact uh, the way you practice uh, outdoors when there is uh, severe heat?
2: Yeah, you know what, we're got a staff meeting after this to see if we need to kind of temper anything back practice wise. But I mean, the, the good thing is, you know, I think for us, it's going to allow us to get in really good condition. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be hotter. This week, then it will be in Mount Pleasant. Uh, looks like it's going to be a nice day, about 70, 75 degrees out in Michigan on Saturday, which is great. So we're going to look at it like a full benefit. It's something that's going to be a positive if we can condition ourselves and be, be a little hot and heavy. And the legs might be tired this week, but I, I think by the time we get around to game day, those guys should be flying around. So we just got to be smart with them. But at the same time, I think it's that fine line that we got to build some mental toughness.
0: Is there any uh, facet of the team, any any area where you, where you lost? Uh, a number of seniors uh, after or last year, any uh, area that's might be a little bit uh, depleted at this point.
2: Well, um, the interior on both sides. We you know we lost our veteran captain Nico who played D tackle, uh, but I thought Nate Capongo did a really good job stepping up. Uh, so did Neil Politano. So I thought those guys did a great job of making some plays and being productive in his absence. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, David Perry, uh, we lost him as well. He was our biggest, probably most physically imposing guy on any side of the ball. He was our left guard. So, you know, losing those guys anytime I think the games are typically one in the trenches um, and, and for us to be productive, we got to continue to play well at those positions, but so far in the opener the guys that, that took over their roles have, have really stepped up which is great
0: that is terrific of course last year a very successful one second round of the uh, fcs playoffs uh, a year ago uh, what what are your goals for for this season
2: i mean we always we set our goals at the beginning part of the year and it you know it's to be to have a national presence you know so that's to be a top 25 team to be recognized uh, to make the playoffs to, to win the CA and then ultimately to, to win a national championship. So those goals always stay the same. And then for us, once we I always talk about all the time, Ken, about the process and kind of being process driven, not results driven. So once we lay those out on the first day of camp, we kind of don't talk about them again. And then it's just getting better every single week, really camp it's day to day. And then uh, during the season, you know, the, the mantra this week was one down, one to go. So we played one game. All we got is one. And next week it'll be two down, one to go and then continue on that thought process. And if we can live in the moment, if we can fight week to week, I think by the time we come up for air at the end of the season, we're going to have a great opportunity to, to be competing for a national championship again.
0: And as you mentioned, uh, it's uh, on to uh, Mount Pleasant, Michigan, uh, for a game against the Chippewas of uh, Central Michigan. A uh, team coming off an opening season loss to uh, Michigan State. Uh, what do you know about that that opponent?
2: They're big, they're fast, they're physical, extremely well coached. Joe McElwain. you know, he's coached in the SEC, he's been all over, so he's as good of a coach in the country. You know, you turn on the tape, you know, they lost 31-7 to against Michigan State, but it was a three-point game up until about two minutes before half, Michigan State scores, uh, and then they pulled, they ran away with it in the second half, but they were very close, they played that game spirited, they ran around, they tackled well, so, you know, for us, we gotta, we gotta play clean, we don't have to play perfect, but we have to play clean, and we got to force them to make some mistakes. I think turnovers are going to be huge for us. You know, we got to create a handful of them, and, and we got to protect the rock and find a way to steal one, two, three possessions. I think that's how you win those games. is just kind of uh, put a stranglehold on the clock, win the time of possession, win the turnover battle, and then you know,
0: hopefully, a couple good things bounce our way. Did you uh, come away uh, relatively healthy from Saturday's win? We did. Certainly, the, the normal bumps and bruises and attrition
2: of a college football game. I mean, I got to give Stonehill credit that. They were a much more physical team than we anticipated. They they ran around and hit everything, and they were chippy, some, some stuff after the whistle and kind of took some shots on our guys. So I give them credit. They were gritty, determined dudes, and uh, certainly some bumps and bruises. But thank goodness, I don't think it's anything that's going to keep any of our guys out for this upcoming game.
0: Well, Rick Santos, again, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us this season. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking with you uh, next Monday here on the program.
2: Can I appreciate it. look forward to
0: it as well. Take care. All right. Rick Santos, head coach of football at the University of New Hampshire with a win on Saturday in their opener at Stonehill, 51-17, to and now on to play the Chippewas of Central Michigan in uh, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. So that'll do it for our chat with the coach, our coffee with the coach on this Tuesday, which normally will be on a Monday following the UNH football games, We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale & Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental which has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. If you missed it, the Red Sox won yesterday 7-3 over Tampa Bay in the opener of their series in St. Petersburg, Florida. Red Sox had lost 13 straight games at Tropicana Field until yesterday, and it didn't look good at the start. Uh, they trailed 3-0 after the first inning, but then uh, rebounded Tristan Casas, the big star at the plate yesterday. The uh, rookie first baseman belting a three-run homer in the sixth inning, and uh, that put the Red Sox on top, 4-3, to three, and they never looked back. Never looked back, that is. Uh, and uh, Yoshida hit a two-run homer as well, Masataki Yoshida, two-run home run in the uh, eighth inning. And the Red Sox uh, win it 7-3. Second game of the series will be tonight at uh, Tropicana Field. Big story that broke late last week and uh, into the weekend as well. And uh, we'll be uh, talking about it, uh, at least in uh, the print media and television media, for uh, you know quite a while to come. And uh, that is the status of the Sanborns. Uh, in New Hampshire, casino proprietors. And uh, this from uh, Casino.org. Uh, an article by Ed Silverstein. State Representative Lori Sanborn stepped down Friday, as many of you know, as chair of the New Hampshire panel assigned to review regulations on charitable casinos. Uh, Sanborn, uh, Sanborn, a Republican from uh, Bedford, decided to leave the post after state and federal officials announced they launched an inquiry into how her husband allegedly spent $844,000 in federal COVID relief funds on three sports cars and other personal expenses. And, of course, the husband is uh, former State Senator Andy Sanborn, who uh, most of the name uh, is recognizable throughout the state of New Hampshire, He used about $80,000 of that money to buy Laurie a Ferrari, officials claim. Uh, State and federal inquiries could lead to charges, administrative action, and the Sanborns losing their casino license, according to New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella. Formella's office, the New Hampshire Lottery Commission, and New Hampshire U.S. Attorney Jane Young are each investigating the allegations. Now, Formella revealed on Thursday that Sam Bourne got a federal COVID relief loan of $844,000 by providing false information on his application, leaving out references to the casino on paperwork. Now, casinos were not eligible for these COVID relief loans. According to the Concord Monitor, casinos were not eligible for these COVID loans in the first place. Sam Bournes co-owned the Concord Casino, which, as many of you know, is located at South Main Street in Concord. And they are attempting to open a second casino in Concord, which was already approved by the local planning board, but is now the subject of a lawsuit because there was not a public hearing leading up to, to that vote by the planning board. Uh, Late last week, New Hampshire House Speaker Sherman Packard, Republican from Londonderry, said, given its importance, I feel it was appropriate for Representative Sanborn to resign as chair of the commission to study the effect of recent changes made to the charitable gaming laws at this time, so there will be no distractions from the good work they intend to do. That's the quote from uh, House Speaker Sherman Packard. But on Friday, House Minority Leader Matt Wilhelm, a Manchester Democrat, said Packard should also replace Lori Sanborn as chairwoman of the legislature's House Ways and Means Committee. That's according to the New Hampshire Bulletin. It was appropriate that Lori Sanborn has decided to step away from the commission directly involved in the oversight of charitable gaming, Wilhelm said on Friday. However, she remains the chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, where members will resume work on retain bills specific to charitable gaming this month. End quote. Also, uh, Michael Strand, a Democrat who's a member of the Bedford Town Council and is the former Democratic Town Chairman in Peterborough, recommended that Lori Sanborn may need to resign as a legislator. He told the patch. I believe in due process and that the Sanborns are innocent until proven otherwise. However, if these allegations are true, Representative Sanborn must resign from her elected position immediately and retire from any active career in public service, End quote. And he also wants the voting records of both Sam Bournes reviewed while they held elective office to make sure that there were not any conflicts of interest. But Andy Sanborn is looking to clear any suspicion. Sanborn recently said in a statement, Like so many businesses and organizations, we applied for federal relief to assist in meeting the operational challenges created by the COVID-19 pandemic. Throughout the process, we did our due diligence to ensure compliance with all application requirements and standards. While I strongly disagree with the Lottery Commission's statements, I welcome the examinations ahead, and I have full confidence our actions were transparent and in complete accordance with the law, end quote, from Andy Sanborn. Well, uh, if what the attorney general says is true, uh, he left out the fact that uh, he was operating a casino, and casinos were not eligible for the COVID relief funds. So there's breaking the law, part one, right there on the application for the loan. Anyway, they're going to check the, uh, the voting records, apparently, of the Sanborns over the years. I can tell you this much, that when there was a lot of debate a number of years ago about building a, uh, a big, big casino in Salem, I mean a real major casino in Salem, and there were plenty of uh, major Casino operators around the country who were in line to uh, take over the uh, space formerly, uh, you know, held by Rockingham Park for years and years, which I truly believe is the best location for a casino in New England. Exit one off 93 in Salem. Uh, Andy Sanborn, ironically enough, folks, was vehemently opposed, opposed to casino gaming of any type back what was it now six seven years ago perhaps probably more than that when uh, you know we felt one vote shy one vote shy of legalized casino gaming here in the state of New Hampshire now now we have 14 or at least for the moment we have 14 it might be 13 pretty soon but uh, right now we have 14 charitable, casinos in the state of New Hampshire, and the ironic part is that no town or city has any say over whether a casino can be built uh, in their town, because I'm certain if there was a vote on it in Concord, there would never have been the Concord Casino on South Main Street. Concord doesn't even approve Keno, let alone a casino, let alone the possibility of two casinos. But the public, in a, in a vote, does not get the right to say yay or nay to casino gaming. They get to say yay or nay to Kino, but not to casino gaming. So anyway, another, uh, another fact for you right there. So you think about that, and uh, all I can say is uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to trade places with the Sanborns right now. Let, let me say that. Uh, Shoei Otani, I would like to trade places with him. Still evaluating uh, medical opinions on the tear in his right ulnar collateral ligament, but his agent, Nez Bialo of CAA, that's an agent firm, uh, made two things clear Monday afternoon. Otani will be ready to at least hit at the start of next season. He will be able to hit at the start of next season, regardless of how much longer he plays in 2023 and will remain a two-way player down the road. His agent said there's not a question in his mind that he's going to come back and he's going to continue to do both. Uh, The agent told a large contingent of reporters from his suite at Angel Stadium, marking the first time he or Otani has addressed the media since the tear in his arm was revealed August 23rd. Otani will continue to hit for the foreseeable future, though he was a late scratch from Monday's lineup because of what the Angels described as a right oblique tightness. But his agent did not commit him to hitting the rest of this season, but he stressed that when he does come back, he will be able to hit at the start of the 2023 season, and his intention is to be a two-way player, uh, whenever that uh, becomes uh, possible for Shohei after surgery. So we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see if he becomes baseball's first six hundred million dollar plus man, or is this a little roadblock in uh, you know Otani's quest for being the? Highest paid team sports player in the history of the world. We shall see how it all plays out soon. That'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company. Thanks so much for being with us here on this Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow right here. Sponsored by Northeast Delta Dental. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.